Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. We have a great guest on tonight. If you've been listening to the last several shows, I've been trying to shed some light on what's been going on surrounding uh, the protests and the tragic murder of George Floyd. A few weeks ago, we had Andy Mannix on, the investigative reporter for the Star Tribune. The week after that, Monty Butte, a professor at Metropolitan State University, who is also one of the leaders in the anti-war movement at the University of Minnesota in the early 1970s. Last week, we had Mr. Aaron Dixon on, one of the founders of the Seattle Panther Party. This week, we have a, a great guest on who happens to be a friend of mine. Tony Zaccardi is a very well-known bass player and musician around town. He also owns Palmer's Bar, one of the oldest saloons in Minneapolis on the West Bank. And lo and behold, a few weeks ago when we were all watching uh, the news, Tony ends up on CNN in an interview with John King. We're going to play a little bit of that and then talk to Tony personally. My next guest owns a bar in Minneapolis, and in an effort to stave off violent protesters, you see it right there, put up a sign that read Black Owned Business. Tony Zaccardi is the owner of Palmer's Bar, and he joins me right now. Uh, Tony, thank you for joining with us. Uh, so... You decided to do this hoping that the people protesting in the street would not hurt your business. Uh, what has it been like in the community these past terrible days? I'll tell you, I, I, that was a last-minute uh, effort, I just, a last-minute idea, just after I boarded. I'm just going to spray that on there just to see. Uh, we're definitely on edge. I mean, I'm fortunate. I'm, you know, about a mile, mile and a half from kind of where this all started, from the third precinct, uh, in a very uh, diverse, very kind of hot neighborhood. Uh, it's mostly black-owned and Somali Muslim-owned businesses over here. And, uh, I, you know, I kind of thought that I just paint a big target <laughs> on the side of my building after, you know, it kind of came out that there was some of the white supremacists and stuff in town. And, uh, you know, and I had me worried. And so we've been watching every night. Our community's been watching me and these businesses down here. Tony Zaccardi, thanks so much for taking time to speak with us on the Wall of Power Radio Hour tonight. That must have blew your mind to be on CNN as much as it uh, blew the rest of our minds. <laughs> I tell you, it, it was uh, quickly just how it all started. It, it was I got an, I got I posted a photo of the cover of the Palmer statue, the classic statue I did in my bar with, with that sign, and I shared it on Facebook. Please, Minneapolis, take care of my baby. Didn't think any more of it. Uh, it got shared a billion times, and the next morning there's an, an email from Newsweek. So we'd like to speak <laughs> with you and run an essay piece. I'm like, oh, what? I'm like, freak, what? <laughs> you know. Um, did that it was amazing and cool whatever and they posted it that night um and then the next morning cnn said we'd like to get live on the air with john king uh blah 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 whatever it was like around lunchtime noon somewhere in there and um we did that it was like you know it came down i did just did it at, at the bar and um you know i was a little nervous but not as nervous just because i've you know, experienced on stage and sure and whatever but thankfully i was staring at my computer <clears throat> and i couldn't see his face only hear the audio so I couldn't see him while I was, you know, so it kind of made it a little easier. Um, but it was great to talk to him, you know. And I, um, a friend of uh, Pat Dwyer, who I, was kind of my mentor in the bar scene, a friend of his works for, uh, is a, was a speechwriter for Obama and works doing kind of the job. He preps corporate people for big TV interviews. Huh. You know, don't fall into this question. Don't fall, and, and his buddy watched it, Chris, uh, I forget his name, Chris, he's, anyways, he said I did a great job. Because they asked a couple questions where it could have been leading me into like, get him to say something, right. you know, risque, and uh, and I didn't do it. And uh, but then yeah, and then CNBC, I was on 
two days later, CNBC on the Squawk Box. <laughs> uh, and then a follow-up with Newsweek uh, as well. And uh, holy cow. No. I mean, I just... I was like, how is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> well, you really handled yourself well. And, of course, any friend of Pat Dwyer's is a friend of mine and a friend sure. of yours. Uh, so how did uh, Palmer's hold up? Did you have any problems over there? Thank, thank God, no, we did not. We, we came out just fine. I tell you, those during those few days, though, because I went down there that Thursday after the very first kind of the, the looting happened, I went down to the uh, third precinct area and just saw, you know, these buildings before they ended up burning the next night. You know, minority-owned business, da, 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 and that's why I decided to do that. But So I came down. The only damage on the West Bank, besides the pawn shop burning to the ground, um, over at, over at uh, uh, down by the joint caboose, uh, the Midwest Mountaineering was broken into that first night and had hmm. uh, knives and, and axes, tactical knives and axes stolen. Wow. Um, but aside from that, so then what happened is the kids from the hard times, Midwest Mountaineering, but kids, but the people, men and women from the hard times, Midwest Mountaineering, uh, they're on on the roof of KFAI, and we had a, a group of Somali youth by the old 400 bar. They were standing there ready to go armed, you know, with, you know, sticks and whatever. Not mm-hmm. going to happen in our neighborhood. I, I, I was getting bold. Like, I'm going to sit on my roof, and and uh, I'm going to watch guard over my bar. And then every night around curfew time, I, I chickened out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like I got, you know, just with heavy artillery, just how to Molotov cocktails. I was like, you know what? This building is amazing. It's incredible, but it's not worth dying for. Um, so what I would do is each night, Lisa Hammer, who I bought the bar from, her and I and a couple of us, I started grabbing, uh, you know, articles of just important things, the big rainbow sign, the Crenna Rain Glove poster, you know, my abstract. Right. So grabbing stuff like that and bringing it home and, and then just sitting there going, is this the last time I'm ever going to be in this building? You know, oh. Kind of having a moment to myself. And, and then I went to my comfy little apartment five minutes away and, Watched a, a little live chat feed we had in the neighborhood, and you know, I got the night. The night I got most scared is the night when that that truck happened on the bridge on thirty five. Yes, and just there's so many people there, and but it was a group of peaceful protesters, thankfully. And I had some of my staff was on that bridge when that happened. Well, you know, um, it's funny what a small world it is, and uh, I think, and we'll talk about it. We've got Tony Zaccardi on uh, for the whole show tonight. We'll talk about how the community really stepped up in all the different neighborhoods around the Twin Cities. But speaking of small world, uh, Stan Kipper, who you might know, great drummer, uh, his son Miles uh, was the kid that helped the driver of that truck on the bridge, protected him until he could get him into the safety of the cops. Because from what I know, I think the guy just kind of, there was a ramp open. He got on it, was in the wrong place at the wrong time. So between Miles being interviewed on some of those major news stations and you, I feel uh, I feel really connected to the uh, national media now through you guys. <laughs> Use and, me for anything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Tony, and we, I want to talk about it later, but um, so people know, Palmer's Bar, located in the historic West Bank, District is only about a mile from uh, the third uh, precinct where the, the cop shop burnt down. Now, do those cops then, do they patrol your neighborhood or is that a different precinct? Uh, no, I'm, I'm part of the first precinct. So okay. We're downtown Minneapolis. As far as police are concerned, we're downtown Minneapolis. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> but that also means they're much, you know, in general, they're busier downtown Minneapolis. So the response time to Cedar Riverside is. Sometimes slower than we want it to be. Um, yeah, right. So, when did you bought the bar? Just what within the last couple of years, right, Tony? 
Yeah, uh, May 17th of 2018. Was wow. my, so I had my two-year anniversary. Uh, we were closed, of course, and you know, it was pretty emotional. Like, oh, my God, you know, it's two-year anniversary of me owning Palmer's. And uh, then I, I had a little tear yeah. in my house, you know. Well, but uh, it's just, just over two years, and it, it's weird. This whole thing has been, obviously, for everybody, It's we're all going through this together. For me personally, for Palmer's, this is the biggest blessing anyone could ever ask for. Um, cause I got, I got the, you know, it was two years of like, you know, my head at my butt trying to figure out how to run this bar and learning everything and, and, and having now this, this break of just a reset and having, you know, gotten, gotten the money from the, the loans and the, this and that, the grants, like I've got actually money that no one's ever had Palmer's has had to do the things that needed to be done. And so I've got a couple of surprises uh, lined up for when folks walk back in the bar. Well, that's so that's so fantastic, and I see you're auctioning off some of the ceiling tiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, put my name on one. I certainly <laughs> want one. And uh, before it's all, I've, I've spent so much time at Palmer's in the West Bank because I played there for years. And before I started to play in town in '78, I spent a lot of time at the 400. We ping pong between uh, the 400 and Palmer's. In fact. Back when Cats <laughs> Under the Stars used to play as the trio every Tuesday night for four years at the 400 bar, we'd occasionally, after several whiskey cloudies, grab the tip jar and walk up to Palmer's <laughs> and walk it around for tips. And we'd make oh, it all the way around the home bar. <laughs> Somebody goes, what are you doing? He said, well, we're, we're getting money for the band at the 400, then we take off. <laughs> yeah, run, down, run back down. Yeah, got, totally that's incredible. We got Tony on owner of Palmer's, a great play, bass player. We're going to hear a track called I Am the Ghost by his band Eleganza. Be back with Tony for the whole show tonight on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Let's go. Welcome back to the second set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. My guest for the whole show tonight is a fellow by the name of Tony Zaccardi, a very well-respected bass player in town, plays with a handful of the best bands in town. I met him when he was bartending at my favorite watering hole, Grumpy's Northeast, on the corner of 4th Street and 22nd. And I'd like to put it in a good... Uh, 
a word for Pat and Eric and Annie and the gang over there. They've got a great patio open and socially distanced, and uh, it's one of the hippest bars in town. But that's where I met uh, my guest, Tony Zaccardi. Tony, when did you start uh, bartending for Pat over there? I, I started working with Pat Dwyer in June of June of 2000. I actually wow. sold, pull, I sold pull tabs there for about, about a year prior. Really? Um, and worked upstairs at, uh, they had that record label, Amphetamine Reptiles. So I interned up there, sold pull tabs on the weekends, and, and uh, my roommate was a bartender. And, and uh, so I started out quick, I did swamping. So I'd get up there early in the morning, clean the bar, and my roommate would sit there and wait while I watched me work my butt off. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he'd open the bar and make all the money as a bartender. <laughs> uh, and then he moved on, and I got that shift. And I worked there full time for probably about 12 years or something after that. But I, I, I worked there since the late 90s, and uh, I would never have left in a million years if I didn't have this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, a friend of mine was like, hey, I think she wants to sell Palmer. So I'm like, ha, ha, ha. And then I was like, wait a minute. No one will ever, I don't have, I had $300 in the bank. It wasn't like, right, right. You know, I wasn't looking for this opportunity. Uh, but one of my customers, one of my good customers is a head of lending for a company called Mita. And what they do is they help uh, people that look like me, they help minorities, um, have, with funding to, to start small businesses. He's like, Tony, do it. I'll help you do it. We're going to do this. That's fantastic. Nine from, uh, nine weeks, was Aaron Newman told me about Palmer's for sale. Nine weeks from the day he said it's for sale, uh, it was May 7th, I signed my life away that nine weeks later. Got a loan for commercial real estate. We bought the building. Got a liquor license, you know, and all the research. And it was the worst nine weeks of my life. Absolutely. <laughs> my bad. Um, but, uh, I didn't even believe it when we were in the, in the uh, you know, signing, doing all the signing at closing. You know, she's like, the, the one woman was, you can open that champagne now. I'm like, what? It's done? <laughs> and then I, and of course, I, I had to cry. And sure. then I reached my phone to call my mom, who's been dead since 2011. But I was like, what? I could, oh. So I called my aunt. It's, it's, nice. It's well, and then it was all downhill for a while from there. Well, like I, I tell people, I said, all male musicians are mama's boys, right? Yep. You always think of your mama when those, when the, even, even when they passed on in the great beyond, when those beautiful moments happened in your life. I love the story, Tony, because uh, you really, uh, ground floor, you started out in the basement. And you, you swamped the place. You carried yep. the booze. You carried, you know, Sorry. anybody. Yeah, yeah, well, and anybody that's worked in a bar, which I have, uh, both bartended uh, in swamp bars and played in bars, but back when I was bartending, people don't realize how many cases of beer you have to go up and down those stairs, and they're all rickety. Well, in that day, too, back in those days, it was still returnable bottles. Right. So, so they're heavier to carry, a uh, case or two at a time, but then we returned all the bottles, so they go down a beer chute, and they sit on a bucket, at the bottom of this kind of shelf rack thing that kept them from breaking and resort all the returnables into cases. Back. I mean, it was just, so that's how the day started. Right, <laughs> right. Through the toilets and, you know, so yeah, no, I've, I've done it all there is to do in a bar until I got to own one. And then I thought I knew everything. And it's like, nope, until you're sitting, you know, in the office, looking at the bank account, looking at the bills and looking at the, oh, now I fully understood with everything. I understood Pat Dwyer, everything, everything I questioned, <laughs> all of that. And, that. and in one week I was like, Oh, okay. That kind of thing where you, you kind of bite your finger, going, "Oh, I see. Okay, that explains it all." Um, so I, you know, I got it right away. That's why we didn't do this that week. That's why we had a t-shirt for a month. You know, right, right. And uh, and uh, so, but it's been, you know, in a, a place like Palmer's, especially like this bar is it's not my bar. I'm its current babysitter. 
but it's right. uh, it's everyone owns it. You know, it's everybody's bar. So anything you do, you know, people are mad at me for taking credit cards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's easier, you know. Um, but they're, they're, I'll, I will give you a call. Nobody knows it except for a handful of people around me right now. So this is, I promise you, this is this is no one knows this yet. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I, both bathrooms are completely different looking than they than the last time we were in there. They, <laughs> the women's room is almost done. It's gutting the men's room today. That's part of why I'm taking my time to open. Uh, uh, yeah. Brand new, fresh, brand new bathrooms. And, oh, uh, that's fantastic! Everyone that's walking in saw it. It's just like Lisa Hammer cried tears of joy. <laughs> uh, so, and, and so they're going to smell a lot better. <laughs> I have I have a few stories about that men's room at Palmer's that I can't repeat on the air, <laughs> but I'll tell you the next time I, I I bump into you. When do you think you're going to open Tony Zuccardi? I've kind of got tar- uh, targeted date of July first. Okay, on my on my uh, on my card and. and um, you know, the, we're, uh, the other big thing is the ceiling is coming down. So we're going back to the original tin. Um, and that's not going to prevent us from opening. It's, it's kind of a project, but, and I don't know, I'm going to kind of probably leave it rough like it is above the piano where that part is already exposed. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to do what I really want to do is, A, I want to allow my staff to continue making the money they're making on unemployment. So I'm not trying to push anyone back to work right away. Right. Because this is a chance of, you know, people are paying out their credit card bills and better that. Um, I'm enjoying it too. Yeah. Uh, it took me six weeks. Me took me six weeks to get unemployment. Uh, so it was pretty brutal. It was a very rough time for me. Yeah. But, um, uh, I, I just want to, but I want to make sure we have a proper plan in place for, um, distancing. I mean, I'm going to be strict because I've, I've been to bars here in the last week, not loving what I'm seeing at most places. Yeah. And, uh, I want to be the opposite. I want to be that place where you will go and go, cool. Yeah. We had a great time and I felt safe as hell. I'm going, let's go back to Palmer's. You know, that was a great it was handled well. Just because I've, you know, you see places that it's just like it's Friday night in there. Like, no difference. You know, some of the bars yeah. we run into each other at, you know. And so I think uh, I just want to, people to realize this is, you know, we're here. You can come have drinks here, but it's going to be, you know, you come in, use, I don't even want to open inside yet, you know. Yeah. Come in, use the bathroom, go out the other door to the bathroom to go back up to the patio, that kind of thing. What is your capacity with the social distancing uh on the patio, uh, on the patio, I don't have a capacity actually, but it's a huge patio, and I'm adding on another deck to an area, the back half of the patio. That's ne- it's just always been a dirt pile back there. It's about ten by forty, so about four, yeah, four hundred square foot. Um, that I'm gonna have decking back there, so we'll, we'll have plenty of room. I mean, it, it's because I think now uh, it's it's not the fifty people that it was initially, so I'm, we'll be able to see. 75 people or so at a time. If I, if I think here, right, I haven't measured everything yet, but it's 2,700 square foot patio. So there's room. You know, Tony Zaccardi, owner of Palmer's and great bass player. I've told you this several times since you bought the bar, and I'm just going to put this little bug in your ear. You were on my list of people to call. I already know what you're going to (laughs) say. That chilled, uh, that chilled mug of grain belt, did I pull out? I had a little brandy on the side. That was my Palmer's Nirvana moment. We got Tony Zaccardi on, owner of Palmer's, great bass player and a great community member. We're going to have him on for two more sets on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We're going to listen to a tune called Lost in the Cosmos by Romantica. We'll be right back. Do you ever feel lost in the cosmos? Do you listen to Dosca? It feels like home It feels like home 
Do you wanna go out in the moonlight? It's under the starlight. Call me up and let me know. Call me up and let me know. If you see the light arise, like a fountain in my eyes. If you see the light arise. Ever wake up in the midnight? Think about your life. Wonder what you're dying here for. Dying here for. Welcome back to the third set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We just heard a tune by songwriter Ben Kyle called Don't Settle, featuring bass player Tony Zaccardi, who happens to be our special guest tonight on the show. Tony, so we were talking about um, uh, the history, your two-year history owning Palmer's Bar. I have to ask you one more question. When did Palmer's actually open? How? It's got to be at least 100 years old, right? Palmer's opened as a bar in 1906. Wow. Um, so 114 years we've been serving alcohol in this, in this <laughs> chunk of land. Uh, the building was built in 1886, and, and uh, it's pretty amazing. And, and there's a lot of lost, lost history, of course, um, but it's been fun. I, because of those TV appearances, um, I've had a family of previous owners have reached out um, over the last week or two, and I've actually heard from the granddaughter of – I believe it would be Henry Palmer, who turned it turned named it Palmer's in 1950 or thereabouts. Fantastic! Uh, and she said he wants to send you a piece of mail, uh, so I'm eagerly checking the mailbox for that to see what you know. I didn't, he's still alive. I didn't know that. Wow! Uh, I had met her. I had met her in person before, and then the the ownership after that. I heard I heard a few stories and and got a handful of photos sent to me that no one's ever seen before. You know, kind of showing a little bit of the interior of the bar and. And the owners, the two owners, having a having a drink together and have a blast in the '60s or whatever. So it's great to you know because there's just so much history that we're trying to uncover. And Lisa is is now spending time in the beginning stages of writing a book you know, that you know, about Palmer's and some of the stories and crazy weird traditions and, and characters that have, that have made this place what it is. That's so incredible, and it kind of uh, leads into this next subject that I want that I want to talk about how in spite of all the darkness that of course was the murder of George Floyd and the burning of all those buildings I just read uh, a couple of days ago in the Star Tribune they figured there's about between Minneapolis St. Paul over 300 million 
dollars in uh, damages to business and buildings. But we've also seen, Tony, uh, as you spoke about the, your neighborhood on the West Bank, Cedar Riverside coming out to protect those buildings, uh, sometimes just with sticks and stones. I've seen my friends in uh, that live in South Minneapolis. Uh, I live in Northeast. Neighborhood watch groups going out to watch their neighborhood. Uh, we've seen a lot of goodness come out of this whole three, four weeks of darkness as well. Don't you? Don't you agree? Oh, a hundred percent. And and I said in the Newsweek interview, the follow up one I did. I can't believe this quote came out of my mouth because what? But I said, uh, I said, I said, you know, you and I said we're seeing the best of people in the worst of times. And yeah. uh, as soon as I read that, oh, like I wrote that. I said, um, but we really are. And and uh, you know, I was. The analogy I used, it was like, I said, I've got friends that play in hardcore punk rock bands and hip hop. It's like, hey, man, I got a pickup truck and a hundred bucks. Where can I bring some shoes? Oh, you know, nice. Or plywood or that kind of thing. And so we're just seeing that with with everybody. We're seeing, you know, Harmar is doing a lot of stuff on social media. Like, here, let's, let's, let's throw some love and money this way. Let's throw donations this way. I have friends that is, you know what, I've got extra money right now from my, from the stimulus stuff. Like, I'm going to spend 300 bucks. Where should I spend it? And uh, and that's just been amazing to see. And that was kind of my message on my TV. It's like, community, we're really seeing Minneapolis like proud, Minneapolis strong. And, you know uh, what? It's just been really nice. And you uh, you mentioned my neighbor, Harmar Superstar, who you play with. And I just wrote down that line: "Best of people are are the worst of people and the best of t- not the best of people and the worst <laughs> best of times." Of people, you got it. I I got to write that down because I think you, me, and Harmar have to write that tune. Oh, uh-huh. don't, don't uh-huh. you think? Noted. Sure, sure, <laughs> so, no, it's been incredible. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I moved to I moved to Minneapolis in 78, spent a lot of time in South Minneapolis uh, and then a lot of time on the West Bank playing and drinking and hanging out and meeting people, going to shows, moved out to New York when I moved back and ended up back at Northeast. Uh, I was really reminded when the city started to come around, and especially after we got through, the, and even during the curfew and what we came around, I was reminded, Tony, about how much I love this city and why I love this city. It's, it's great. There's just people, and again, Minneapolis is a proud city, and, and, and we, you know, there's a lot that's in every, we're all in different places and do lots of different things, but, you know, don't mess with us kind of a feel, you know, and, yeah. and it's just, it's true. And, and, um, I just I love what people are doing with their time and how they can volunteer and help and and uh, you know even that next morning I mean people were out with garbage bags right at Lake and Hiawatha cleaning up and store owners mm-hmm. and the storefronts and then of course it went to heck after that but um, it's it's been that way for a long time and there's you know there's isolation in some areas of course but I think no you don't mess with us and, and yeah. I love that about our our town and. You know, yeah, Cedar Riverside is the same way, as crazy as it, as it is, but yeah, northeast, south. You know, I've never spent a lot of time hanging in Uptown, but of course I've been going there my whole life. It's, uh, I'm happy to be here. I mean, I, you know, he asked me at the end of the one of the interviews, like, are you thinking of boarding up and moving? I'm like, nope, I'm going to live here my, my whole life. It's yeah. my city, you know, and uh, it's my place. Yeah, yeah true, true. You know, like uh, Sister Sledge saying, we are family. Now, Tony, when uh, where did you come from? Are you a, are you a Twin Cities guy, a Minnesota guy? Yeah, born and raised. My uh, in fact, my grandfather, uh, he's uh, full blooded. His parents came over on the boat from Sicily. Okay, uh, a lot of Cumberland, and he grew up in Cumberland, Wisconsin. But I was born in 
Columbia Heights, Fridley. My old family's from okay. there. And he was a bartender at the old Pine Tavern in the 40s, which I believe is now Eli East. Okay. Uh, really? And my uncle, yeah. My Uncle John owned a bar in Columbia Heights when I was a kid. Um, my grandpa's father, I found this out just a year or two ago, my great-grandfather, was a swamper at the Spring Inn uh, over now the Spring Street. No kidding. Died of a heart attack in the basement. <laughs> anyway, yeah, pretty wild. So, so this is in my, this, you know, northeast is, my grandma was southeast Minneapolis, which is where I live now. Um, so my, this is, this is my born and raised here. You know, I some time in the suburbs, Brooklyn Park, you know, junior high years, but came right back to northeast once I turned 21. So. That's fan- yeah. You know, my, uh, my grandfather, Emil Metza, owned the Roosevelt Bar. Uh, in Virginia, Minnesota, in the uh, okay. the forties, fifties, and into the early sixties, and uh, lived above the bar. My grandma ran a sixteen room rooming house. It's where my dad grew up. There's a lot to be said uh, to have some bar owners in the family. It uh, kind of gives you a realistic view of what's really going on in the world because saloons and bars. That's where you know I really think they're. The great place where people could go and relax and socialize and get away from whatever the hell is bothering them. Well, absolutely. That is just like you get a, you know, a happy hour is a real thing. It doesn't work. So sit down and have a pint. You know, people, your, your bar friends, you know, and this and that. And chat about, you can have fun little dumb conversations and the meaningful conversations, of course. Um, but then you just meet so many, such a wide variety of people, especially as a bartender. Yes. Like, I know a master carpenter, I know an electrician, I know a guy who owns a car dealership, da 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 And that's why, I mean, just from each meeting, just being, if you know you're a good person, you're going to have a great time just getting to know your community. You well, know? And, and that's what I love. And Palmer's especially, if you, uh, like I said, I had my first uh, beer there in 1978, you can still go there and see some of the same people that were there in 1978, including America's greatest folk singer, Spider John Kerner. Yeah, I saw him yesterday. He's 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 anxiously waiting. It's funny. I see him so much that I don't even I just don't even think about it anymore. Right. There are people that would love to meet him, and I'm just like, oh, see you tomorrow, whatever. You know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's here twice a day. Uh, you know, up until this happened, he, he was going to start his New York Times deliver here. Um, and he lets us know when he's going on vacation or out of town, just so we don't have to worry. <laughs> yeah, truthfully, you know. And uh, but he yeah, every day, you know, in the morning I'll... he's got his one spot, does a crossword. But uh, he's such a great guy. He's so humble. You know, he's just like that. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's... but a brilliant guy. A... Oh, he's brilliant. I he's remember awesome. of uh, one of the greatest Zen-like lines that was ever uttered to me by a musician in the Twin Cities in the last 40 years was Spider John Kerner. I had, I had his record, Spider Blues. I used to listen to him up on the Iron Range. And I came down, you could actually meet uh, Dave Ray. You could meet Tony Glover. You could meet John mm-hmm. Kerner. At least stand next to him and while you're while, while you're having a cocktail. And I remember I saw Kerner and I finally, at Palmer's, and I finally uh, got up the courage and I walked up and I said, hey, John, can I buy you a beer and a bump? And he said, well, for sure. And I introduced myself. And I said, John, and I was referencing that great record he did, Run and Jump and Stand and Still with Willie Murphy. Mm-hmm. And I said, John, I said, would you ever consider playing with a band again? And he said, well, he pauses for just a minute like uh, uh, the great guru that he is. And, he, and, and then he says, anybody can play with me, he says, but 
I can't play with anybody else. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great line. Yeah. And I was kind of like, okay, I will now go to the mountain and contemplate that. You know, oh, great uh, uh, guru. So, Tony, uh, are you going to be able to have some music at some point? I know you had the great Palm Fest, or they had it for years, Lisa and the gang at Palmer's. Mm-hmm. So when do, you, when do you expect live music coming back to uh, Palmer's Bar? Yeah, and, I, and I, you know, Palm Fest, we were at the stages of planning Palm Fest. And that, you know, nothing that, nothing this year. I was really trying to, you know, last year we had 900 people over two days. Can you imagine what that feels like on a piece of property that small? Uh, it's going to be a long time until people are that comfortable again. Uh, but but uh, I'm not shooting for anything inside yet. I have no plans on that. But I do have a stage in my patio. And so the first thing, I haven't even talked to these guys about it, but first number one thing I want to do is have the liquor pigs outdoors. Um, I was going to say. Oh, the liquor pigs, the front porch swinging liquor pigs should almost, I mean, they're almost like part of the bar. Yeah, yeah, they are. You know, it's like that mirror you've got behind the bar. They're like part of the bar. Yep. Yep. No, that's the first band that, without a doubt, they're going to be the first band that plays at Palmas. They do. They play every Friday, generally, in the inside here. You know, and and I'm going to ease into it with something like that. And then just maybe because I have to do amplified sound is going to cost me 160 bucks to have a band outdoors on uh, top of you know pa big you know, sure. that kind of stuff so it's going to be worthwhile and figure out if there's shows i can charge for outdoors for a couple hours mm-hmm. just to help pay for all of, all that stuff but the liquor pigs are, are my number one priority and then beyond that you know i mean i just don't know exactly because it's too tiny inside to really do anything amazing yeah um where it's worthwhile but yeah absolutely I and mean, i'm a musician obviously and so that's a key key priority for me but first is just getting our family back here all my friends and customers and you know getting giving giving people their home back and that's what i'm excited to with the ceiling project and with the bathrooms it's like here now you know let's just enjoy this here's your building back and yeah and uh let's have a beer and just be happy to see and kind of and, and your and here's your neighborhood bar back one of the greatest neighborhood bars in minnesota palmer's bar i've got the uh the owner on the uh on the other side of the horn tonight, Tony Sicardi. Mm-hmm. We're going to uh, come back for one more set with Tony after these messages. Right, you're back at the fourth set of the Wall of Power Radio Arm. This is your host, Paul Metza. My guest for the whole show tonight, uh, man, I've uh, really gotten to know over the years, Mr. Tony Zaccardi. We're going to talk a little bit about his music. Uh, he owns Palmer's Bar. He was featured on CNBC, CNN, a couple of uh, hits in Newsweek. Tony, I, before we get into your music, I, I've got to ask you, uh, you got so many... Um, Kudos on your appearance and how you uh, presented yourself on the air. Have you ever thought about maybe getting into politics? <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. No, I just don't. I, you know, a lot of responsibility. I already have enough responsibility owning Palmer's, but I, I, also, I don't. You know, who knows what skeletons are in there that I forgot about. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I don't those, want to be vetted. <laughs> yes, those background checks would be tough on all of us. Although we we know we have a, a great uh, mutual love and friendship with the man I call the mayor of Northeast Minneapolis, Pat Dwyer, who owns Grumpy's Bar, where I met you. Tell us a little bit about Tony Zaccardi, uh, how you got in, involved with music. Well, it's a, it's a funny story. It's a simple one, but probably the same way a lot of kids did in that era. 
we would get, to get off of school, my buddy Scott and I, in about the fifth grade, which would be 87 or so, mm-hmm. uh, maybe 89. And uh, we do concerts to Kiss Alive 2 on vinyls before CDs. And uh, we put on Kiss Alive, put a chair in front of the door so his older brothers wouldn't come in and make fun of us. And then we would wear tennis rackets and do, <laughs> and do, and do concerts. That was it. You want to do concerts today? Yep. You know? <laughs> and uh, then we, I got, he got a guitar from his dad, and then I got a guitar from my 30th or 13th birthday, which was 30 years ago, uh, just a few days back, June 13th, which was my 43rd birthday. And uh, Happy so I've been birthday. playing bass for 30, thank you, 30 years. I've been a bass player this whole time. I own a guitar or two, but I've never been like a failed guitar player that I was playing. I've just always been a bass player because I was Gene Simmons for the, for the concerts. <laughs> and so, so that's where I've you know, I've been in lots of different bands over the years and, and uh, kind of just stuck with it. A lot of the kids that I played with had with high school, they've kind of given up that. I just can't stop. You know, I, I've uh, spent my love. I've gotten to tour uh, not as much as I wish I could have, but I've been around the country a handful of times for sure with Romantica. I've been to Europe with Romantica. And, uh, and uh, so it's, they've gotten some chances that, that a lot of people didn't get. So I'm pretty, pretty humbled and honored that way. It's been a blast. Well, this is a... Uh... Be a great time to ask you the question uh, because you know I haven't. Well, I've done uh, three live live streams outdoors all three times with my uh, partner Sonny Earl. What do you feel as a musician, as a bar owner, and as a as a guy that's seen uh, probably hundreds of shows like me over the years? What do you think is the future of live music here in the next two to five years? Um, I think we're I think we're going to see a lot more outdoor things. I think. I mean, I personally am not. I, Eleganza did a live stream here since we've been closed. We did it live from Palmer's. You know, actually, it was during a, a festival, so there was like four or five hundred people watching. But I truly, I've not watched hardly any of these live streams that people are doing right away. I just can't get into it. I need it. I need it live in front of me. I need subwoofer. I need bass drums hit me in the face and sweaty, you know, people and rock mm-hmm. and roll. So, um, I, I mean, in the next, I think within two years we're back to normal. I hope sooner, of course, for the for the sake of a lot of music venues all over this country that I love, you know. Right. Um, but I think we're going to see smaller crowds, and it may be more, uh, uh, just maybe more heartfelt special shows, you know, 50 people, and Dave Simmons, who I'm not, you know, I don't know him that well, but, like, somebody like, hey, you want to see them cool, but there's only 30 of us, you know. Right. And, uh, and more, and you know, maybe a little pricier, but you get a special opportunity to do something, to see something that no one has ever seen, you know, well, come see us play ten ten song, you know. Well, you know, you and I both know as musicians that played hundreds of shows, we've been giving it away for years. Right. You know, how many shows have you played? How many shows that you know, I played on the West Bank hundreds of times. Oh. I don't oh. think anybody ever paid a cover charge for any of those gigs. Exposure. Exposure. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I've you know, there's stories of opening sold out shows at, at the main room, which I love of course. You know, opening for a national act, and there's hey, you get fifty bucks, and then you see the nut with the headliner got paid. It's like, uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> <laughs> cost me more to get here. Yeah, you know, right. You're musician, when you're paying, you know, your bar tab is more than you get paid. Yeah, you're exactly. Power, you're not even power drinking. You're social drinking, but, <laughs> you know. So I'm, I'm, you know, being a bar owner, that's a curse and a blessing because I know what I want as a musician, but now I know what it costs. To, uh, what do you do? You know. So. You know, it's funny. Yeah. I, I, I did, uh, you know, I, I did nine years with Willie Walker and then Sonny Earl at sure, uh, sure. Shaw's Bar, and and they're very generous with their their uh, alcohol and their food. And I like to drink Christian Brothers. So this uh, live show we did the other night at my buddy uh, John Paponi's place out uh, at his 
beautiful little cabin in Plymouth. Mike was there. And I said, Mike, you must be saving some money on uh, Christian Brothers. It's my drink of choice. And he goes, he goes, he goes, the minute they shut it down, he goes, I sold all my stock and, and Sonny Girl, my heart player. I said, that's insider trading, Mike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Say, we got yeah, a bottle. Your- Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I said, we're, you know, we've got uh, tomorrow is Father's Day. We've got about a minute left. You've got your lovely daughter, Sophia. How did she do selling uh, uh, Girl Scout cookies this year? Because I know she's been rocking it for the last few years. No, question was, how did I do selling Girl Scout cookies? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? No, I, I mean, a majority of it was down, down on the West Bank. But I brought her over to the Nomad, or Port Wolf, I'm sorry, during a soccer game. She got to set up a booth there. We set up a booth on the parkway by our house, so she got some good, some good time in. But I, I generally sell all of her. Just kind of, you know, dad brings them to work. You know, somebody's probably, you know, late night. Oh, yeah, I need a snack. You know what I mean? Right, and, uh, right. <laughs> I need the munchies. So no, I sold a lot of them for her. She did great this year, but it, it ended, uh, you know, way sooner than it could have. Right. Or you know, supposed to. So that kind of put it, it put a damper on the the main Girl Scout selling season this year. You know, they got, she got to do the store once. And then they just pulled everything, just give us the money that you have, and, and that was that. Well, you so give you give, you give her my best, Tony Zaccardi. Thanks so much for speaking with us tonight on the Wall of Power Radio Hour, and uh, best of luck when Palmer's Bar opens up. One of the oldest saloons and coolest saloons in the Twin Cities, located right in the heart of the West Bank, on uh, Cedar Avenue, just uh, about a block south of Riverside. Tony, best of luck with everything, man, and uh, I look forward to seeing you soon, my brother. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, brother. Be Uh, well. All right. And here's a tune Tony played on with the band Romantica, Beatles tune called Something. Something in the way she moved Attracts me like no Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by the great Pat Lilia, recorded in the basement of AM950 Studios in Eden Prairie, which is neither Eden nor a prairie. We'd like to thank our guest, Tony Zaccardi. It was just a really wonderful interview with that man. If you'd like to support the show, go to paulmetza.com to find out my Venmo account and PayPal account. Everybody stay strong and positive out there. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone